0: Hi Rajesh. Hi
1: Smita, Saptik hai. You mean Ahmadmi party is giving you duas now? Yes.
0: Ji has said that on odd days he will give dua to people in Delhi and on even days to people outside Delhi.
1: <laughs> Do you think Gandhi Ji would approve of this dua?
0: Probably not. Duas are a benefit of modern civilization that, uh, the great man would disapprove of.
1: Mm. Smitha, talking about civilization, I have to say the ninth chapter on railways was heartbreaking.
0: why? Well, you know,
1: I used to love trains and train rides. As a child, my father used to take me to a station close by to the BHL campus in Trichy to watch the Rockford Express go from Trichy to Chennai.
0: Yeah, I know. I think I, I used to love the long journeys from Delhi to Chennai uh, to Bombay the blowing wind, drinking chai in the middle of the night in Jahansi and Bhopal, the strangers who became friends and shared food. Yeah, isn't that the best?
1: As South Indians who lived in North India, we experienced the unifying powers of the
0: railway, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And Yatra was pretty real. And yet… Yet what? uh, Gandhi makes important points in this chapter. Like? The British didn't create the railways out of goodwill. They just wanted access to the resources of this subcontinent.
1: That's true. Gandhi points out in this chapter how the railways transform food production from a means of sustenance to a product for distant markets.
0: And I was shocked to learn that Bengal was exporting food while people were starving on the streets of Calcutta.
1: Yeah. Speed and scale are weapons of capital. We've known that forever.
0: Yeah. And he says that good things travel at a snail's pace. Walking is better than running. What would he think about uh, this, about internet and instant communication and WhatsApp? Yeah, well,
1: you're neither walking or running, but I think uh, I see your point. And did you ever see him walk, though? Man, he was a fast walker.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sympathetic to Gandhi's argument that uh, civilization is extractive at its core.
1: Indeed. And I think that what he's trying to say is that the good stuff is what we have to watch out for, not the bad stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that's his main message. And
1: Well, as the great poet Homer, not Homer Simpson, but the original Homer, said, beware of Greeks
0: bearing gifts, or Mukesh Ambani for that matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. with the Geomobile. Now that we've kind of solved the problem of civilization between you and me, uh, let's move on to a slightly smaller topic, Hindu-Muslim relations.
1: It's time to talk about cows.
0: We've always been talking about cows and we are always talking about cows that has not changed in a hundred years.
1: Yes. And I think that Ahimsa might appear to some as a power tactic. And people did say that even in his lifetime.
0: Yeah. And especially if those eating or skinning cows are powerless in comparison to those who don't. It's pretty much a power tactic, yeah.
1: Well, as Gandhi says, Hindus treat the cows mercilessly until the time that she's slaughtered. So why complain about the people who are doing the slaughtering? You know, we should have to look at the whole process. So tell me, Smita, what else does Gandhi say about the relationship between Hindus and Muslims?
0: He's he's pretty clear. Uh, he, when I mean, Hindus and Muslims have their differences, as we all know. And, but... Over the years, over the centuries, they've learned to live with each other.
1: Yes. And, you know, we have to also take those differences with a pinch of salt. I mean, there are differences between Jains and Hindus and between Vaishnavites and Shaivites, some of whom fought pretty intensively with each other. But Gandhi says that we don't classify them as somehow separate as a result.
0: Yeah. He thinks we can easily live with... All of these differences, if it were not for... or Guess. Hmm. Modern civilization. Absolutely. Modern civilization, especially its courts and lawyers.
1: In the name of settling a so-called dispute, these courts are creating mischief. And the lawyers are laughing all the way to the bank.
0: Chapter 11, lawyers are evil. So, wasn't Gandhi a lawyer? And a pretty successful one. He did quite well for himself. Had a nice house. <laughs> So so why is he so unhappy with his clan? It reminds me
1: of his anger against the English Parliament in Chapter 5 and how he thinks that la- lawyers want to win at all costs and make money. But but what about truth? Satya, satyagraha, right? No one cares about the truth. We should be thankful. Gandhi doesn't use the word prostitute again, but I think he's thinking it.
0: Oh God! And and he's worried. He's worried that the British use the law to maintain their hold in India. When Hindus and Muslims approach the courts, they may not get justice, but they certainly make the British more powerful by approaching them. And when Indians become lawyers and judges in their courts, the British become more powerful in turn
1: Namakaram and Nama khalal, right? I think that's where the seeds yep. of non-cooperation are sown, right there. And I kind of agree with Gandhi. I mean, the law is an instrument of power in the Anglo-American world. I mean, no wonder most American presidents are lawyers.
0: Rule of law, railways, administration. Are not those supposed to be the very things the British gifted us? And it looks like Gandhi is warning us about the good parts of the empire.
1: Trojan horse once again
0: okay so the parliament is self-serving the lawyers are liars but what about the doctors how can they be evil yeah
1: I have a hard time you know I mean if there's one thing we don't question today it's the medical benefits of modernity Right? Capitalism might be the worst thing ever, but no one ever says stop taking vaccines.
0: Yeah, Gandhi disagrees. I mean, he he thinks medicines propagate the vices, the very vices they are meant to cure.
1: I'm not sure I fully agree with him. I mean, he's taking a very moral view of health. Now, you know, good people don't fall sick, while wicked people do. And if you cure the wicked people, they go back to being wicked again. So... Hmm.
0: But but what about vivisection? Is it okay to torture animals in the name of human welfare?
1: I mean, he does have a point there, and I completely agree with him. I mean, the question is, can we worship our bodies without harming others? Gandhi doesn't think so. And do we agree with him? Well, history is certainly on his side, but the future could still prove them
0: wrong. Future,
1: future. <laughs>
0: the famous future will be better defense. And you you know, you should go and work for a Silicon Valley startup.
1: I have applied to many of them and I'm waiting for their invitation. But no calls yet.
0: <laughs> In the meantime, while you wait for that invite, uh, we have more chapters to read. Until then, goodbye. goodbye.